Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content, and then scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hello again everyone, I am Dan. And I'm Garen, and as you guys know, Dan and I are constantly on the quest to find some really rad content out there in the D&D community. We love finding stuff that we haven't seen before, independent publishers. Well, I found a supplement on DM's Guild called the Construct Compendium. It's by Richie Root and Brandon Norris, and I thought, what the hell? Let's make some constructs. Yeah, constructs are amongst my personal favorite niches in uh, fantasy literature and games, so I was quick to agree to that one. Now, this supplement features custom races, archetypes, feats, and spells that you can plug into your 5e construct character creation, and let me tell you, there's a lot of fun stuff featured in this supplement. There certainly is. Great job to the team that put this piece together. I've really enjoyed looking over it, but I'm going to hop into my backstory and introduce you to my robo-baby, Oda of the Chattering Fields. Now, Robot is a little misleading as I get into this, because actually, I am a construct known as a Chemling. Chemlings are put together using the power of alchemy. They are a lovely take on a Frankenstein, to give you a picture. You're, you're basically a patchwork person. When you are quote-unquote born, you are fully grown, you are non-gender specific, and you are this construct with this innate connection to alchemy itself. Well, Oda of the Chattering Fields was put together, but doesn't know who the creator was, Oda woke up in a field um, surrounded by birds, surrounded by corn stalks, and he spent a long time there because he didn't know if he was in a dangerous place or, or if he was safe. And after a while, he became very much at peace with the field he was living in, and he just kind of remained there amongst the birds and amongst the corn. Eventually, some farmers came along, and he remained completely still, and they didn't even see him. So he was able to actually move throughout the world quite a bit using this ability. He's learned a lot about the living that live in this world. And he's not actually, I would say this isn't actually a hero of any kind. This is just a unique character that likes to work his way around and find out what he can. He's always trying to learn, but he's still super dumb. So he's just like an AI neural network that just can't quite get it right. Can't quite get it right. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It would be like an Amazon Echo that you just want to throw away. That's what you made? (laughs) Kind of. Except Oda of the Chattering Fields, while he has a hermit background for all the time he has spent alone, he is a Path of the Scarecrow, which is a barbarian subclass. So this is a Frankenstein Scarecrow. That's it? That's what you got? That's what I got. Okay. That was confusing. There's a lot of different things happening at once, and I'm sure that your character probably sucks just as much as your backstory. But let me introduce you to Krog. Krog was a devout knight of the Order of Purple Dragons for many years, guarding their compound and serving as their on-site maintenance man. Krog began to distance himself from the values of the Order as leadership changed to a younger member of the knighthood. The knighthood sought to change its image to one that was more positively seen by the surrounding public and townspeople. Krog began to dream of a day where he could restore order to the Purple Dragon Knighthood, bringing back their respect and fear amongst the townspeople, as he believed that that was all gone now. He aspired to be the new leader of the Knighthood. He began tinkering on himself, 
as he knew there was simply no way to overtake the knighthood alone given his present constitution. He began to build an army of construct kobolds at an alarming pace. He stored them in his workshop and kept them deactivated until the day that he replaced his heart and one of his arms with the constructed organs that he had been working on that were twice as powerful and ensured that his reign could last forever over the knighthood once his mutiny was complete. He and his kobolds constructs slayed the entire knighthood one night and Krog overtook the compound to call it his own. He now seeks to restore order by any means necessary in the surrounding towns and villages, looking ultimately to instill fear in them all. I introduce you to Krog, the Ascended Dragonborn, level 7 Paladin, Oath of the Universal Order, protection fighting style, and the clan crafter background. He is chaotic evil. So Krog was working for the Purple Dragon Knights, which are a very honorable group of knights, but he was also like the fix-it guy in the knights, but then he got well, fired. Yeah, because they, they have, just like any other order, I mean, you know, you go to the Mason Clubhouse, and I mean, they've got a guy, you know, that is a little bit more proficient in fixing the toilet when it runs all day. But then he got fired when they wanted to get all young and sexy. With the purple no, no, dragon no, man. no. He was, he was still there, but the the leadership changed to a younger guard, and their vision changed to one that was more outreaching to the public. Young uh, and, and sexy. Young and sexy. A little bit more millennial approach. And he didn't like that at all. This is a crusty old man that tinkered with his own self, replaced his heart and one of his arms to make himself stronger to overthrow the knighthood, and built an army of construct kobolds to help him do so. Wow. All right, well, he better be able to back that up. Yeah, I think he can. So, not to sound too robotic, but have I told you about Cantrip Candles, Garen? No, go on. Oh, well, they're the purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in the fantasy world, taverns, fantasy forests, even a dungeon depths scented candle that smells like mold, dust, and stale water. But to be honest, you can find a scent for just about any of your adventure settings in their sampler pack, which offer all of their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of them, just be sure to splurge on their newly offered 16-ounce candle size because they all come with a metal D20 and you don't even have to expend a spell slot. Be sure to check them out. That is Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you should not be playing D&D. Thank you, Dan and Cantrip Candles, for that message. I think I'll get us started off with the melee category because I'm rocking a barbarian here. So I'm going to make this very easy for you, Dan. You can grant me my plus two as Oda of the Chattering Fields wields a great shuffle, which is basically a great axe. I just rethemed it as a shovel. It's a plus five to hit, 1d12 plus two. I also have reckless attack and rage damage for an additional plus two damage. Two attacks. You're going to roll here. This is your strongest category. Arguably, yes, it's my strongest category. I also have pretty decent charisma with a plus two, and I rolled a 14, which gives me a 16. Not going to cut it. No, you'll take your plus one. Okay, for melee, I'm arguing a plus one. I have two attacks. I come with a battle axe, plus five to hit. I deal out 1d8 plus two damage. Yeah, that's plus one worthy. Easy okay, enough. Okay, moving right into ranged. I'm arguing a zero here. I have two attacks. I'm equipped with a javelin. I deal out 1d6 plus two damage here. All right, zeros all around. That's exactly what I have. Okay, 
<laughs> then uh, what do you have for burninating? Oh, this going so quick. I got nothing. Of course I got nothing. I'm a barbarian. <laughs> I'm arguing a zero here. I have Divine Smite, and then I also have my Breath Weapon, which they reskinned a little bit to have the Dragonborn blood still running through these replaced organs, which in this case would be his heart, and it le- lets out this just toxic poison breath that he would let out onto the poor combatant that he's fighting. So I'm already a, uh, a, a zero here. Divine Smite, and then that Breath Weapon does 3d6. Okay, his Breath Weapon is how many times per rest or whatever? Once per short rest. And how many spell slots do you have for Divine Smite? I have seven spell slots. Okay, all right, all right. I just wanted to make sure you didn't have, like, one of each of those. Moving on to control. I don't want to move too quickly here, so I'll be sure to slow things down. I'm arguing a plus two. I have the feat, which is featured in the construct compendium called Master Artificer. I increased my intelligence score by one, but when I'm creating a construct, you only pay half for the materials of the cost indicated, and then also the construction and animation of your construct takes you half the usual time. This is basically just for theming uh, in the backstory. He was making those those kobolds at an alarming rate. I also have upbraid enemies, As an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a scolding speech using your channel divinity. All enemies within a 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw. Celestials, elementals, and fiends have disadvantage on this saving throw. Any creature that fails a saving throw is chastised for one minute and may not make an attack that does not include you as a target. On a successful save, the targeted creature may make attacks against any target it chooses. Okay. I also have Aura of Mortality, which is another class feature. Starting at 7th level, enemies within 10 feet of you that have damage immunities, those immunities are reduced to resistances. Nice. And that is it. Okay, so that's three things, and I don't think your Artificer thing, I don't think that has a ton of utility. It's a very cool thing, but it's a very specific thing, and you have these two auras. I argue, though, that he is making these kobold army that could be pretty controlling out there in in the battlefield. What's the in-game application of actually making an artificial kobold? I mean, that would require a lot of cost of materials and stuff like that. He gets it at half price, bro. Now that he overran the compound, I think he has materials pretty much at his disposal. You can't just give your yourself unlimited materials as part of your backstory oh i think i can and i did i think this is a plus one because i don't you just don't have that much i'll take a plus one how controlling are you i am also arguing a plus one i have got advantage on initiative i can't be surprised i've got a 40 foot move speed and i have a level three ability called innocuous object I use an action to take the shape of a small or medium object. My speed is reduced to five, and I am indiscernible from that regular object. Now, a creature can attempt to spot me, but they would require a DC 13 investigation check. But by most situations, they would have no reason to suspect that I wasn't just an object. I could become a chair, as an example. Then I can either use a bonus action to revert back to my normal shape, or I can make an attack. And when I do, I revert back to my normal shape. Either way, if I attack a creature having assumed my shape, I get a bonus attack without using a bonus action. So that is, that's like the ultimate sneak. I mean, if you paired that up with rogue sneak attack damage, that would be boss. It's a shame you didn't. I wasn't going to use two classes. I wanted to highlight one class for this. Okay. You can take your plus one. Pretty rad. But how tanky is your character? 
Barbarian Rage, Danger Sense. I have resistance to poison and advantage on saves against being poisoned or diseased as part of being a Kemling. I also have the other feature of my Barbarian class. At level 6, you get Enduring Vigil, where I can use Reaction to grant myself resistance to cold or fire damage. I Mm. lose that resistance if I move more than 5 feet. So this is the ultimate response to Cone of Cold, Fireball, a breath weapon attack from a white or red dragon. I can make the save and then also use the reaction to grant myself resistance. So that would be pretty great. Um, I also have 77 AC, hit points. Yeah, AC and your and your hit points would be great. 77 hit points and my AC is 15, but it can be 16. And that is without a shield. And I will explain the, the 15 to 16 in another category. Okay, so what are you arguing? A2. I'm arguing A2 and you're going to get a 1 and I'm going to tell you why. I have an AC of 18 with my shield, 16 without, but 84 hit points. I have divine health, and I also am resistant to poison damage. I have the racial trait of reinforced organs. When you are hit with a critical hit, you may use your reaction to force the attacker to re-roll the die, taking the second outcome. Once you've used this ability, you may not do so again until you complete a long rest. I also have the spell Practice Dummy from the Construct Compendium. It's a first-level illusion spell. It creates a semi-real human-sized dummy armed with a wooden sword and shield at a point within range. The dummy has an AC of 13 and 15 hit points, and if it's destroyed, the spell ends. But at the end of your turn, the dummy lashes out at the closest hostile creature who is not prone within 30 feet. The targeted creature must succeed on a deck saving throw or be knocked prone. So that's I love good that. Meat. That's fun. Yeah, that's a good meat shield, but it's also a nice little bit of control in there. I also have the class trait, Lawful Ages. As an action, you may imbue yourself with the defenses of an inevitable. Using your channel divinity for the next one minute, you have resistance to damage from creatures of a chaotic alignment. You may also... Have advantage on saving throws against the spells or abilities of creatures of a chaotic alignment. Two things. One, I said I had 77 hit points, and I misspoke. I meant 117 hit points, which is way more than 77. Oh, yeah, that's tanky. Okay. Two, I am going to grant you the plus two to to my plus one because while my HP is way higher than yours, you have more unique class features. I still have, I'm resting a lot on just being a barbarian with one extra feature, which is nice, but also kind of circumstantial. So I'm okay with the two to one. Well, it's, it's really nice of you to be able to understand that you're just playing cheap points. So I'll take that plus two and I'll move right in. I know you're just so fragile. I am. I'm a fragile little practice dummy. So I'm going to tell you how I help my friends. But first, before I do that, let me tell our lab rats how they can help their friends over here at the D&D Character Lab. Hey guys, you look great today. Have you checked our Patreon? Well, we have tiers that start at just one buck and move all the way up to the ladder to 20. We have a Discord that you can chat with us and create pop culture characters with us twice a month, bonus episodes, early access to our regular show, and you can even name our characters. Best of all, our patrons have been battling one another in our Discord on the Fan Lab channel. For more details on all of that, be sure to head on over to patreon.com forward slash D&D Character Lab. Now, let me tell you how Krog helps his friends. I'm going to plus two here. I have a spell called Artificial Organs. Now, Artificial Organs is a first-level transmutation spell from the Construct Compendium, and it basically is that exact same thing that is my racial ability, which is if someone who is attacking someone that you grant this spell to gets a critical hit, they can force them to re-roll and take that next number as their attack die, which is huge. I also took 
I also took the protection fighting style, which includes Aura of Protection, starting at the 6th level. Whenever you or a friendly creature within 10 feet of you must make a saving throw, the creature gains a bonus to their saving throw equal to their charisma modifier, uh, equal to your charisma modifier, which is a plus 3. I also have Lay on Hands and Cure Wounds. That's quite a plus, bit. Plus 2. I think you should roll for this one. Okay, so I have a plus 3, so I need to get a 13 or better? No, 14 or better? 14. Okay. I rolled a 19. I'll take it. Okay. I am arguing a zero. I am proficient with alchemist tools, and I can work twice as quickly when I'm using them, which can allow me to helpfully make some things for my friends. I do not need to eat or drink, which saves money, and I only need to rest for four hours, so I could take double watch if necessary. I can also shapeshift to gather information for my friends, so I'm arguing a zero. Yeah, you can take that zero. (laughs) <laughs> you're stretching but i like it i had to scrape a little how balanced is your barbarian as a character not very balanced as a barbarian he's very balanced i have a strength of 14 dex of 14 con of 17 intelligence of 8 wisdom of 8 and charisma of 14 i am proficient in four things i have a, that ac of 15 and 117 hit points i mean honestly this is a barbarian character it's not a very interesting build, so I think this is a zero. Okay. Uh, I'm also arguing a zero, and I think you actually probably should get a one in this category because I'm going to run through my numbers here. Strength of 15, dex of 8, which means minus one to initiative mm. and any ranged anything or deck saving throws, you're taking a penalty. Con of 14, intelligence of 12, wisdom of 8, because someone who replaces their body parts with machine goods is not very wise. A charisma of 16, only because he's got that evil charisma. Passive perception of 9. Spell save DC of 14. Spell attack bonus of plus 6, which off of that charisma modifier. Proficient in medicine, intimidation, insight, history, athletics, and persuasion. I'm not, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of optimization here. You can't have a minus 1 to your dex and your wisdom and call this a balanced a balance character. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this is a 0 at best. All right. Yes. And I'll take my one. Wow. What, what spurned you to make such an unoptimized character? Because I'll say for me, I was interested in, I needed, I wanted to have high decks and and con to have a decent AC and I needed to have pretty decent charisma because of my innocuous object feature. It's eight plus proficiency plus charisma equals the DC to figure me out with investigation. So I had to prioritize charisma as well. And I also had to give myself something in strength. So I was just like, well, no intelligence or wisdom because it's a barbarian and I don't need them. I did my ability scores off of my backstory. So the way I themed this was that this guy replaced his body parts to make himself stronger and tougher. So I wanted high con, high strength. And I went high on the charisma because not only was that the spellcasting modifier, but he obviously had evil intentions, deceptive ways, wanted to overthrow a kingdom. I think that that's pretty high charisma in an evil sense. And you have to be relatively smart. So I gave him a 12 in intelligence. Wisdom, obviously pretty low. The dex was actually just a result of not having enough uh, point by. So um, that's that's how I ended up with that. Good for you, sticking to your backstory. Yeah, so moving on to Smooth Operator, um, I'm going to go ahead and read a scenario that was submitted to us by one of our patrons, Ben Potts. You're under arrest for stealing from a bank, which you did, but you know they can't prove it because your business partner has been handling the... Oh, damn. They got your partner, too. You're in front of the Lord whose gold you stole with your partner standing nearby with a pale face that tells you He's already confessed. 
How do you get out of this one, Garen? Well, out of the chattering fields, while I have decent charisma, I don't have charismatic skill proficiency. So here's what I would do is I would first say, your lord, may I have the evening. I will I will stay in your dungeon if I have to, but may I have the evening to just kind of absorb this information that you're putting before me. And, you know, who's not going to like if I'm in the dungeon? Sure. They can keep a watch on me. What I do is I do a ritual spending 50 gold to steal one of the points from my con and put it into my charisma as a feature of being a Kemling. I have humor adjustment where you spend 50 gold to perform this ritual during a long rest and you can change the plus one that you added because you get plus two to con and then you get plus one to put anywhere else and you can move it around. That's really cool. That's cool. Isn't it? So I move it. 5e needs more stuff like that. That's really cool. That's thinking outside the box. I really appreciated that ability. It's actually what sold me on the race. So I moved that into my charisma to give myself a little bit more oomph because I'm going to have to talk my way out of this. So I go back to the king. I say, look, yes, we stole. We stole. And we, yes, we stole. I, I got to speak like a guy with, with eight intelligence and eight wisdom. <laughs> yes, we, and I can't speak for that guy, but I've just been standing out in a field for nigh on 12 years. And I don't know much about the world. I needed some money. He told me this was a great way to get monies. And I took the monies. And I'm sorry, you can execute me. I'm not really even sure what life is in the first place. So if you want to take it away, I mean, whatever. If that does something for you, if you feel like a big man, go ahead, take it. So by changing this this plus one over to your charisma, what does that give you into persuasion or performance or whatever it is that you're trying to do here? It doesn't actually... I'm, a, I'm at a 14, I go to a 15. It doesn't actually give me even a plus one modifier, but I'm just taking advantage of the only feature that I have in this category. And then okay. I'm just trying to talk my way out of it. I appreciate but, that. I like it. What are you arguing? Man, what does that deserve? Uh, I'll, 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 I like a plus I'll, one for that. All right, the lovely. I would love a plus one for that. I thought it was creative. It may not have changed anything, but I like the fact that you took the plus one, put it into the charisma. Even if it doesn't do anything, it's this—it's the symbolism of it. It's all he uh, had. It was his last-ditch effort. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I also don't think that the Lord probably would have granted you the evening to think about it, but, you know, that's all right, because I'm also going to be operating under a few assumptions here. So I use my background trait of respect to the stout folk, but I reskin it because I was the maintenance dude over at the compound of the purple knights, the purple dragon knights. So I say to the Lord, my Lord, I believe that there's probably some sort of great misunderstanding here. Uh, My friend here has a history of delusional behavior, and I'm afraid that he needs to get back to the compound and, and drink his elixir. If you wouldn't mind, I have some wonderful servants over there that can make us a really bang out meal. Have you ever had pickled quail? No, no, that sounds, sounds disgusting and unique. Yes, well, it is. It's a Nordic treat. So uh, I use my plus six persuasion to bring him back to the compound to, in, under the pretenses that, you know, he will have this these great accommodations there so that we can talk about these circumstances. This isn't very strong, but I'm arguing a zero. So your, your idea is to tell him that your friend is crazy and that you just want to make him a nice dinner? No, the friend needs to go back, drink an elixir, and go to bed because he's he's delusional. But when while I take him back, you know, maybe maybe the Lord can come back with me. We can have a meal and, and discuss, you know, what this misunderstanding is all about. But what exactly is he? De- what exactly are you saying he's delusional about? Back in the day, mental illness they 
they didn't understand anything. I mean, they probably would have just put leeches on his temples or something. So, I mean, I was going to make this guy an elixir. He, I'm saying, I'm arguing that he's mentally ill and that I was going to treat him. I know exactly what it is that's going to treat him, but I got to bring no, him I'm, back to I'm, the compound. I'm saying, what are you claiming that he's mentally ill about? Because the contention here is that he's admitting to have stolen and that you're in on it. Oh, I'm saying he's falsely, falsely confessing. Okay. It's not the strongest argument, but I did try and reskin this otherwise pretty useless background trait of respect to the stout folk, which is basically just you can go to some gnomish village and they'll hook you up with the accommodations, a meal, a place to stay for free. Da, 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 da. Okay. I'm skinning it as, you know, I'm going to bring it back to my compound. Let me see how the Lord handles the pickled quail with a constitution check. And he rolled a nine, which turned his tummy a little bit, but he managed to keep it down. So I but he did get a zero. bad he did get a bad case of the booty juice. And so I'm going to hope that the Latronk that's in the compound doesn't get him. Shout out to our monster lab if you want to get a Latronk. So moving into spitting fire. So I get him back to the compound. This thing is teeming with hundreds of cobalt constructs. They overtake the Lord. They tie him up. I instruct them to promptly quarter the Lord as I begin constructing a new Gearforged brain for the Lord right in front of them as they tie up and prepare his body plus six on an intimidation check as I'm tinkering with the future Gearforged organs right in front of him. So I'm arguing a plus two. There's the Kadic Evil. It's flavor-wise, that's really nice. Of course, you're also still in this game. Somehow you've had a chance and the cost to build an entire army of mechanical kobolds. Yeah. And that this lord came back with you by himself. Sure. He trusted you so much. He's my friend's crazy. Come back with me by, my, by yourself. Leave all your guards here. Don't worry. I'm not going to build you a new brain in front of you. But that is some Hannibal Lecter shit. I'm into that. I think it's plus two worthy. What do you think? All right, because I'm I'm going for a plus. I'm pushing for a plus two also. All right. And that's because I'm gonna take it back to that moment. He says, "You guys stole. You guys work together. What do you say?" I was like, "Well, can I see the money that you claim we stole?" And the Lord's like, "Sure, whatever. Here's the bag of gold." Throws the bag of gold down in front of me, and I just go nuts on it, and I use my feet sieging wrath which gives me double damage when I attack inanimate objects, and I break that gold to shit. You break his gold? I smash the whole pile. So then when he yells for his guards, he turns his head for a moment, right, and yells for his guards, and I turn into a pile of broken gold next to the pile, and so he turns back, and it's all just broken gold everywhere, and he doesn't see me anymore. How did you turn into a pile of broken gold? With innocuous object. That's pretty neat. I really like that. You get a plus two for that for sure. If I had Sieging Wrath, I would always be looking for opportunities to break inanimate objects. <laughs> well, especially That's the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate door-kicking-down move. Sure. So, would you play this character? Uh, not the exact build that I've done here, but I would, bo I would play both this Barbarian and this Kemling. Because uh, the way I put it all together, it's just a little, like I said, it's a little too much of a Barbarian. But the Barbarian features are so, so fun, like a sneaky barbarian with innocuous object that is just cool that is cool and then that is cool as i mentioned the humor alignment with the kemling is so freaking cool the coolest thing i saw in the book at least yeah very neat i personally think that krog would make a pretty good boss like a, a bad yeah guy. absolutely and you know taking down you know your barbarian could walk into that compound take down some uh construct kobolds with you know probably eight hp each and just you know mow through them that'd be be a fun battle my great shovel would just be cleaving through all of them. Done. I would I would have liked to have skinned this 
Uh, I know that that feat, you know, says that he can build him, you know, twice as fast or whatever. I would like to see him be able to spit out like one per minute, though. And that would make some really interesting in battle, you know, because he's just constantly spewing these things out. As a bonus action, he just spits them out twice. That would know, be tw- twice. That would minute. be crazy fast. I, I wanted to make a mad genius guy right here. I imagine him like Edward Scissorhands, uh, the Vincent Price's laboratory, making him building constructs in his creaky old castle and plotting <laughs> yes. his revenge. Yes. Because you know Vincent Price just wanted to murder that whole town. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> okay, so Dan. Krog? Krog, was it? That's Mr. It, Krog? Krog? Lord Krog? The Agro Krog. Shout out oh, to Guts. <laughs> Nickelodeon Guts. Well, rightfully so. You have topped the Agro Krog, and you have beat Oda of the clatter- Chattering Fields 8 to 5. So congratulations on this episode for however many you've won. Thank you guys for listening to us. This is fun. This was a really fun supplement. I'm so glad I stumbled on it. Great job. I really like the paladin character you made here. And I'm, I'm starting to love paladins as, as we've been doing the show. I'm coming around on them. That's the last class that I really have appreciated. Listeners, be sure to check out the supplement Constructs Compendium on DMs Guild. It's well worth the $7.99 that you pay for it. It is, I want to say, 75 pages long. Yes, and it's pretty meaty with content. Yeah, and thank you again to Richie Root and Brandon Norris for putting that out there for all of us to enjoy. We certainly have, and if you buy it, be sure to write them a review. There's not enough reviews on DMs Guild for really good content out there, folks. A couple things we still have for the lab uh, for all of you, Jamay Jr.'s Horde of Horses. (laughs) That is our mounts supplement. Uh, Number two, check DMs Guild as we've also released a pay what you want for a oldie but a goodie that we put together called Murph's Max murph's mask shop which is a goblin that runs a haunted mask shop that you can put your players into as a dm and they can buy these masks they all have abilities but they also have downsides which is a really fun way to mess with the players a little our patreon bonus episodes there's so many right now if you want to jump in you're going to get like seven episodes to listen to today all of the monster lab monsters that we make the stat blocks are available and there's pictures up there And guys, we've got more DMs Guild content coming for you too. And we are constantly working on refining our Patreon and getting in touch with our patrons and finding out what what they like. And we're having a blast talking to them in Discord. So thank you guys again for listening. Yes, as always, uh, some great stuff coming out of the lab. Garen and I work night and day talking all day about this stuff. We like it better than our regular jobs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) that's all for this week lab rats be sure to remember it doesn't have to be optimized it just has to be fun thank you for listening this has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab or shoot us an email at DND Character Lab at gmail.com most importantly Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.